All right, everybody, welcome back. Our Arvidas and DeMontis Sabonis episode that we have been teasing you with for at least two or three weeks is finally here, Notting Hill with Brian Yu, myself, and of course, as you can read, Dennis Jacobs. Say hello, boys. Brian, you go first. How are you, Scott? How's it going? I'm good. Dennis, how are you? I'm well. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me on. I am very excited. I mean, listen, in V1 of this one that we recorded, I made a whole big show of who is it on the other side of the glass. And I realized, of course, that if you can read, you've gotten thus far. You know that it's Notting Hill. You know that it's Dennis Jacobs. You know that it's us, too. This is 10 Things I Hate About You, the bonus episode. Uh, I will spare Dennis the indignity of having to introduce himself, so I'll do it for him. A uh, veteran of the TV game. He's a stand-up comedian with a special on YouTube called Tiny Hat Big Jokes out there. I mean, he and I are friends from way back. In fact, Dennis got me into uh, stand-up comedy and was sort of the the head of the Syracuse troupe that uh, I joined, and he was sort of a mentor in that way, and we have reconnected the last couple of years. So I can say with all... Uh, confidence and, uh, and and in being completely earnest, I, I would recommend uh, checking out his special uh, as soon as you can. I mean, most of you have YouTube, right? I'm, Brian, you have YouTube, you have a subscription to YouTube? Oh, uh, I think so. Okay. Yeah. It's available there is the point. Anyway, Notting Hill is the movie, and I will do as I normally do a quick little synopsis of this before we get into it all and ask everybody what they've thought of it. Uh, 1999 rom-com. Uh, basic premise, as I would uh, surmise it, is that you, Grant, falls in love with a movie star. That's basically... <laughs> that's what... Yeah, I uh, think that's fair. Yeah, uh, the movie star is played by Julia Roberts. Her name is Notting Hill, and um, <laughs> they... Uh, I be- Maybe I missed her name. I-, I think it's Notting Hill, either way. Um, that's basically what the movie's about. Uh, gentlemen, I'll ask it... I'll put it to you guys. Had you seen this movie before? Uh, so I'll go first, yeah. Uh, this was one of those, another one of those cable movies where I had seen most of it through cable, but I had never actually sat and watched it front to back until until now. Okay. Um, so so yeah, so I had like watched enough of it to like grasp what the the gist of the movie was, and like the obviously the the most famous scenes I had seen, but um, but yeah, this was the first time doing doing the full watch. You know what's funny is I I thought I had seen this movie, mm. and then what I realized was I've actually just seen the trailer about a dozen or two dozen times <laughs> because I knew every single beat in the trailer, and then was like, oh wait, I actually haven't ever watched this whole movie. Um, so yeah, that I'm I'm happy that I, I sat down and finally watched it uh, because I was convinced that I had, and in fact, I had not. I had never seen this movie. I to the point where even that really famous line that comes out of the end of it, "I'm just a boy," or "I'm just a girl sitting in front of a boy," you know that whole thing. I had not even known that that was from this movie. That's how little I knew about this movie. Um, wow. Yeah. So I did not know much about this movie. And frankly, if you had told me that the main character's name was Notting Hill, uh, I would have believed you because I didn't really know anything about this film. Um, I will say before we get into it, uh, this movie was a true delight. I mean, I really. Uh. I, re- I mean, am I wrong, or is this not? No. A, is this movie loved? Like, or am I, I, yeah, I loved it. I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna come out here right now. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I feel like Brian's gonna really bring it down. I can sense Great. that. Go oh ahead, yeah, Brian. yeah, because I'm usually the one who is the uh, contrarian of the group. Uh, but do I start my list of the ten things I don't like about Brian? That's what this. <laughs> that's what we're here to do, right? Well, no, well, I was being sarcastic because I too really found this movie delightful and, yeah. and enjoyable. But I think also, like you know. like scott like we we talked about this a lot where like i I think you and i are kind of suckers for richard curtis movies anyway yeah Mm um you know about time and yesterday and you know you could debate love actually or bridget jones but yeah like he makes very delightful movies i think i mean one of brian and i met at a screening for warhorse so obviously um (laughs) (laughs) we're very we're very uh involved in richard curtis's uh, filmography all right so folks here's how it's gonna go um well just to also give you a little bit of background as you know what the hell is dennis doing on this podcast dennis and i are friends from syracuse and um dennis is i would i would say he's i mean i think it's probably fair to say he's he's our number one fan is that fair brian Oh, I would certainly agree, and this is the first time I'm meeting him in person. So. Yeah, you uh, guys, I I love this pod. I I will tell you before you get into the rest of the the nuts and bolts of it. I truly love this. I think it is super fun. I love the format that you guys come up with. Um, I love that these are the films that you've decided to spend your time rewatching and watching, <laughs> talking about. Um, that's really just a, a nice special moment for me. Um, I look for 
what I think is the greatest, most ridiculous line and take that to tweet and spread the word about. And uh, I've been bugging Scott that I, I have said, hey, if there's ever, if there's ever a time that I could come on, and I would be so honored. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, I hope everybody who is tuning in for the 22nd time. Look at this guy. Bonus, right? <laughs> or the first time uh, is, is uh, becomes a big fan. I mean, I like I said, we have a couple of. I, I'm sure you have the same, Brian. Where I, we have a couple of uh, friends, family that listen, but no one actively engages. I mean, he is. Dennis is taking pull quotes out from this, and in fact, I'd like to issue a retraction um, because in the last episode, <laughs> I made the the moronic mistake of confusing uh, Shang Sao with uh, who was it? Who, who? How did I get it wrong, Dennis? You, you, you said. Shao Kahn, and yes. then you mentioned Shang Ah, yes. Well, this is my final time hosting the show, obviously, for that mistake we know <laughs> there is no coming back from. Um, all right, so the way we're going to do this, instead of doing uh, each of us does five likes or whatever, what, this is a, sort of a Dennis episode, right? So we're going to let Dennis not only pick whether he does the likes or dislikes, but he'll take all five of whichever side he wants, and then Brian and I will split up the difference uh, on the other side of that. But uh, we're not going to do a coin flip. We are just going to take a brief break. Uh, Brian, Dennis, and I have a stand. Mario Party uh, invitational game only that we will play. And then when we get back, we will get into 10 total things that we like and don't like about Notting Hill. All right, Dennis, so you get to pick. You've thought about this long and hard. You had mentioned that you weren't sure which direction you were going to go. Do you have any... Have you have you decided which way you're leaning and and how we're gonna go uh, forward? Um, you know what I um okay I'm actually really happy that you guys did in fact enjoy this movie. Um, so I will take the dislikes. Okay. Um, and hope that um there's a lot of of overlap here. Okay, fair enough. Um, now typically we do start with the likes, but again. People don't come to the Arvidas Sabonis episode to hear us. They got ten. They have ignored us for ten episodes. They're coming here to hear Dennis Jacobs. So, Dennis, we will start with the dislikes. You go first. Okay. Um, and to be fair, most of these aren't that deep because I did enjoy it so much. <laughs> he's employing. Um, for those of you who don't know, he's employing the Brian U mm, school yes. of dislikes. Yeah. Yes. 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 I feel like I'm. You know, I'm at my level three hundred one uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Nearing, nearing getting my master's in it. Um, okay, so here's my first dislike. And I understand that we have to make movies, right? There have to be things that happen in movies. <laughs> However, I, love how, I love how this is starting already. Yeah. Yeah, go on. Is theft really that rampant in a travel bookstore that he beat a security camera? Yes. It's a great question. Like, like, that's not a... I mean, it wasn't like a cheap security camera he had a monitor that was in color that was clear enough to see the man putting the book in his trousers as he said um and i'm just curious like does he feel like he lost so much revenue that it was worth the investment <laughs> of the security camera the, for, for that to finally pay off that that threw me so much in the very beginning well also it seems like it was only uh focusing on the back of the store like other parts of the store yeah. that he couldn't see did not have any sort of security it was just that one back just area that that one dark corner. Yeah. It's like, these are where the prized travel books are. <laughs> I also keep thought, a close eye. Also, why wouldn't he make him pay for that? Like, you can't just take it back out and sell it. Like, that was, it's been, it's been flagged, so to speak. Like, there's no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, a million percent. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you. Uh, Brian, do you want to go first? You want to take a like first? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, let me, I think, yeah, I'll start with my. I'll try and do like my main like here. Mm -hmm. um, so something that like really hit me, at least on on uh, like watching this whole through, is um, I really enjoyed a lot of the subtle humor and comedic moments in this movie. Absolutely. Not so much the big humor moments. Like there obviously is like big humor, you know, like the yes. like at the very beginning with all the t-shirts and stuff like that. And there's like, you know, people you know running into each other and you know there's like those like pratfall type humor. Yeah. But to me what really worked was there's a lot of subtle humor. Like I really enjoyed um and this could be like a kind of a British thing, but like the way that the friend groups would uh, throw personal insults at each other yes. that were like yeah. real insults, like they were like like in, like truthful insults, but yet 
still kind of loving and you know because they're your friends you sort of let it go and you sort of join in on the joke so all of that really worked to, for, for me um and then some of the awkward like kind of like perhaps like british specific thing like i was thinking about like that moment where um hugh grant arrives at the hotel room at the same time as the other writer yeah and that like awkward like they're like walking towards the same place they get off the elevator at the same place and they turn the corner at the same place and um and just like they just let that scene play out like they just let everyone sit in the awkwardness of that moment as opposed to like calling out the awkwardness you know um so yeah all of those moments to me like i was surprised at how much i laughed during this because so much of the movie is a romance it's structured like a romance but i'm glad that the comedy landed for me here i would totally agree and i would also add that and I know you hate when I do this, uh, Brian. The abbreviations I'm about to do, but it, it this movie is truly both rom and com. It really is. Uh, I was gonna say it if you didn't. So yeah, yes. right. I mean, it is like it's now. I I will add to that, which is sort of a this is kind of a dislike, uh, right? But like the truth is, is that if you don't like Hugh Grant, this movie. Oh, yes. I mean, you just it's so heavily Hugh Grant based that if you find that sort of uh, like nebbishy, neurotic. Uh, Hugh Grant subtle stuttered humor if you don't find that funny you're not gonna like this movie right but yeah, yeah. I am all in on him I mean I, I even like Mickey Blue Eyes at one point in my life okay <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I, as a side note I remember when I like I, I liked it as a kid and then when we got to college I remember one night like yeah, you know you go you're watching movies at somebody's dorm room and I put that on and I was so embarrassed because I had oversold it so much and then when they finally watched it they were like this is horrible how did you mm. like this? And, I, you know, I'm like a month in a freshman year. Really, like, this is my first recommendation outside of, you know, going to White Castle. And this is the movie I throw out there, and it did not land. Let me put it that wow. way. Not surprisingly, because if you've watched no. it again, it stinks. But, um, no, no. yeah, this I'm with you, though. I definitely think that uh, it has – the comedy was fantastic to me. I, and I would just add a couple of bits in there about, like, all the interactions with um, – the other uh, guy who worked at the bookstore, his friend, uh, whoever yes. that is. Oh, yeah, yes. yes, the employee. Yeah. Oh, my uh, God. So good. I mean, like, what did he say? Like, he goes, I, you know, I've always been a bit of an ass when he gets it yeah. wrong about the Demi Moore yes. thing. The Demi Moore thing, yes. Um, even the part where they're doing the, um, like, the, all the friends are driving to the hotel, the Savoy, and he finally stops the car and he says something, he mutters something like, James Bond never had to deal with this. Mm -hmm. you know? Yes. Like, there, those moments to me were as funny as any of the broad stuff, so I couldn't agree with you more, uh, Brian. The, yeah. the one that I wrote down, I actually, I paused it and went back, um, that I think just kind of, like, really put me in the same category right there is when he's uh, interviewing her, right, when he's not expected to be interviewing her, and he's, he's, representing horses and hounds magazine <laughs> and the guy mentions she has another movie coming up soon and he goes any horses in that one or <laughs> hounds our readers are equally interested i i, <laughs> I, I will like, add to that incredible joke i will add to that though that that was that was another thing to your point brian about how they like let the awkwardness play out earlier on yes. in that scene they also really let that joke go way longer than i would have thought it would have like they, they, oh yeah. I mean that they really mined that bit for all it was worth like bringing in the young Misha Barton, bringing in the guy who plays who doesn't speak English like bringing in the I forget the actor's name but the guy who's in The Wire. Um, yeah, yeah, he played mm -hmm. Lester in The Wire. Yeah. yeah. Like they they could have easily just done they they could have cut as soon as he's sitting there with that uh with Lester from The Wire and as soon as uh that happened that could have been the end of the scene and they literally show all of the bits. I was like, "Wow, okay. Yep. We're committed to this full time. Got it." Let's now, I'll, I'll tell you Scott, what I actually expected that I didn't get was uh later in the film when he goes to visit her on set and there are clearly so many horses around. Yes. I expected mm. her like handler to bring it up as like kind of a nudge to like when they first met and she didn't. And I I was so surprised that they didn't bring that back right then. Agreed. Yeah. yeah that's a good that would point. have been a nice callback. Yeah. 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 Some sort of horse or hound humor there would yes. have fit uh, correct, uh, very, very cleanly. All right. So let's do, we're on uh, dislike number two here. Let's uh, see what he got. Um, okay. Uh, this actually, I think, might get, might be another one in the uh, the Brian U uh, universe right there, <laughs> the Brian universe, if you will. Um, the Brian universe. I did not like that camera move 
when <laughs> she sat down on the bench and then invited him to sit next to her. Yes. It, it was like the oh. first time that they did something so different. It was super jarring. It pulled out to this gargantuan wide and like for him to sit on the other side of it. So it still shows like his awkwardness and, and like apprehension. But I was just like, whoa, what what the hell are we doing right now with this camera work? So, mm. um, and yes, it immediately made me think of you, Brian. So, yeah. Oh, that's I'm I'm uh, really glad you brought that up. Um, it didn't like stand out to me as like an issue, but you describing it now makes me retroactively think back to that scene. Like, yeah, you're right. Like nothing else in that movie, nothing else in the movie does that. Yeah. It's like it's almost as if they were like, oh, we have the we have the camera equipment for an extra day. Yeah. We should, should just do it. You know, like so. Yeah, exactly. They're like, some, well, we got this jib just laying around. We uh, yeah. <laughs> might as well do something with it. Oh, I know. What's the best thing to shoot with a jib? Just two people in an empty field with a bench. That'll really, that'll really get our money's worth. Yeah. I, and that is true. Now that you say it, it's one of those things that I didn't realize how much I disliked it until you pointed it out. Um, uh, all right. Let's see. For hmm, Well, we've talked about the humor. I, I think for me, a second like here would be that uh, – and, and, and I realize some of this is based on the fact that it's 1999, but even in 1999, you would have thought there would have been a few more screens involved, whether it was TV, um, even certain cell phones, like, you know, introductory uh. cell phones. There were no cell phones, TV, or internet at all, and I love that. And they were always just with each other. They were either um, – they were in – person talking they were you know they did a little bit of on the phone but it was just kind of refreshing just like he was always reading she they were always just hanging out discussing things like nothing had to do with any of those three things and i liked the um just i feel like that contributed to the fact that you could believe that they were connecting because they were tr they were just truly conversing most of the time um mm. i don't know it felt very real in that way to me yeah, you know, actually, yeah, now that you say that, there is, like, a timeless quality to this movie that I think yeah. is, is very enjoyable. Like, because before you said that, like, I didn't even think about it. Like, nothing about this movie felt all that 1999, per se. Like, at no point in the movie was I, like, consciously aware of the era that this movie was taking place. I was just, like, in the movie, you know? Like, so, yeah, I think that's a really good point that, like, that you know the movie is structured around relationships and and you spend a lot of time especially like for at least that first part of the movie you spend a lot of time just like in his apartment like they're yeah. just hanging mm -hmm. out so yeah yeah i think that is that, yeah that's a really really good point oh well thank you brian um <laughs> i feel like uh, like an announcer thank you brian um <laughs> all right so that is now two apiece and we go back to dennis jacobs for like number yeah. three i had a um uh, actually, Brian, we maybe we'll get to it later, uh, depending on how this goes. But I actually, I had a moment or two where I was, I was very aware of of when it was, mm. or I guess, or I guess how how far removed we were from current technology. So maybe we can mm. talk about that in a bit. Yeah. But for, for the most part, I completely agree. Okay. If she's trying to keep a low profile, <laughs> she decides to go to the movies um, with this guy. Who ends up wearing his scuba mask because it has <laughs> prescription like lenses in the goggles and like look it's hilarious it's very very funny like i said at the top movies need things to be movies but if she's so like concerned the whole time and she takes her who is a bona fide movie star to the place where she's most likely going to be recognized is at a movie theater i was just like oh, okay so like does she care does she not care in this moment what's happening um, though the shot of him in the in the scuba mask is hilarious. It did seem like there was, at least in this movie, there seemed to be a very sort of hit or miss quality to how aggressively she was stalked by right. um, the paparazzi or you know whoever the, the press, so to speak. Because at yes. certain times there were thousands of people awaiting her every move, and other times no one bothered her at all. Like I was thinking of the scene where when uh, they. I think it's like the first time they go out. It was right before Alec Baldwin comes in and he he surprised uh -huh. her. Mm. Like when she's yep. sitting there outside of the hotel, like I would have thought that there would have been a lot of people waiting for her outside of her totally. hotel. Yeah, right? that's a good point, yeah. And she goes, just give me five minutes and there's no one there and he walks up and there's nobody. You know what I mean? Like that whole thing to me felt very like, all right, well, is she or isn't she being harassed by the press? But either yeah. way, um, yeah. All right, so, um, okay, Brian, uh, you get another like. 
so or just uh, or wait no like yeah i'm sorry like yeah, yeah we're doing the likes yeah um so you know the in the quote unquote like season finale like you had asked like to like sum up like the the season and i had mentioned how it seems like we we've done a lot of like quote unquote fairy tale you know rom-coms uh, mm-hmm. this this year yep, and like yeah. this this in particular is another one where i think it really fits into that fairy tale genre you know obviously like you know you be the movie star you start dating them blah 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 um but again i think what really works about this movie particularly is the there's like an there's an emotional truth that it it uh um involves itself in um you know it does the silly things and yeah like like Dennis, like you're saying like there's lots of things that need to happen so that the movie can happen. So you just kind of have to accept it. You know, right. there's like a, there's like a level of like suspension of disbelief, yeah, yeah. but, but then I think what the movie does really well is that alternatively, like at certain moments, it slows down, um, you know, that scene where they're uh, going around for the brownie and, uh, and oh, the sad sack competition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like that kind of stuff. Like there's like, an emotional truth to 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 all of that um and then like her describing what her life is like um you know all the ups and downs in the friends lives that you go through as the movie takes place um you know people losing their jobs or you know their uh, you know in and out of relationships all of that kind of stuff is you know i i i found very truthful and i think it helps i think to in to the enjoyment of the movie and that's where i think all the fair the the good fairy tales uh, you know, um, that we've covered, I think that's where they've done really well. Um, and then the bad ones, you know, the ones that we haven't really enjoyed, they just either ignore the emotional truth or they attempt it and, and fall on their face. So, yeah, I, I would add to that, to, that, um, like the, at its core, it feels like a very real movie, right? Like a, you yeah. could imagine something like this happening. I mean, it's crazy, but the premise of it is something that like, at least, I, you know, I don't know if more women or men would have this fantasy of like running uh, and falling in love with a celebrity. I'm not sure. But either way, it's something that men and women alike can both relate to this notion of like a chance encounter with a gorgeous celebrity who everyone idolizes. Like, you know, do I have a shot? That kind of thing. And how would it be to bring, you know, uh, Britney Spears to, you know, Thanksgiving dinner? That kind of thing. You know what I mean? Which, by the way, I, I have more data references as the uh, show goes on. <laughs> you know, that was actually one of my one of my biggest likes um, is this felt like truly what this would have felt like, right? Like this, yes. this movie played like if this were to happen at that time period, this is how it would have gone. It didn't feel like I was in that big suspension of disbelief, like this is completely impossible. So we're just going to play around in this. Um, it all felt incredibly rooted, uh, which I was very, very surprised by because it so easily could have gone off the rails. Yes, right. And I enjoyed the fact that how everyone else, uh, all of his friends interacted around the idea of meeting her. I thought that was spot on. I thought that was just so funny and real and completely like, just exactly how I would imagine it playing out if I was doing this. Except I yeah, think, yeah, in my family, the tact would not have been there. They would have asked the questions right away. Like, are you serious? Right. You're here with him. With him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like someone, you know, you're going to have that family member that's not going to be able to hold their shit together. They're oh, just yeah. not, right? Yeah. Like they're going to fall apart and that's that. And there's no like st- look of death that you can give them to make him button yeah. it up. Um, I thought that was so... Yeah. funny and so well, scott, i don't know how much this is british but yeah it, it really worked well scott like we we both enjoy this movie but what you're describing is essentially that scene from um she's out of my league that's exactly what i'm describing Ray yeah Paul, yes yeah so and again like we we enjoy that movie but yes that is like the heightened like cartoony version of yeah. like yeah meeting that person who's out of the the person's league yeah yeah and then imagine if alice even that movie was also celebrity like that would be exactly right um yeah i mean i i am um, and i and then frankly by casting i mean julia roberts is gorgeous but she's not um like the alice eve and jay baruchel thing is done for comedic effect one of these people is truly like one of the most beautiful people that's ever lived and the other one is one of the most awkward looking humans like yeah. if you had to draw the 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 emotion neurotic you would come out with jay baruchel right and like yeah so that's just a stick figure that's shaking yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly whereas like these two like i mean it i like the fact that she is really good looking but not like 
Jessica Rabbit crazy looking. And the same thing with him. Like, he's a good looking man, but isn't, it's not so absurd that he could be running a bookshop, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it totally. makes, it kind of makes sense. It's absurd that he's running a travel bookshop, um, mm. but at least they call out that, uh, the fact that that's ridiculous uh, right away. But either way, yes, I agree with you on that one, Brian. So now we are at uh, dislike number four, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, for my fourth dislike, I did not like the last, we'll say, two minutes of this movie. Mm. For me, it could have ended at the press conference mm. and staying on the two of them and like this, she's she's going to stay there indefinitely and just the two of them staring at each other amongst the sea of chaos. Amen. Amen, Going brother. to the wedding was a terrible idea. The premiere Preach. got us nothing. Preach. And then like her being pregnant on the bench that they mm. now have access to whenever they want in the daytime. I was like, what? Like, just end it. No, I don't need any of this. Uh, I could not agree more. I hated that they decided to wrap up the rest of their lives together Didn't need it. in the yeah. final 90 seconds of the movie. I was like, I, it, it, it simply could have lingered on them and the in-depth. I enjoy, generally speaking, Brian Dennis, I don't know where you stand on this, but I enjoy movies where it's sort of, we talked about this, I forget which one we talked about this one, uh, Brian, but the idea that like, it, like the ending of a graduate type style, where it's like, sure. we're not 100% sure if they're going to make it. Uh, it doesn't need to be quite that negative, but I just I don't need to know everything that happens in the rest of their lives. Oh, we, Sweet Home yep. Alabama, we were talking about it, where it, like they they fast forward through the first the yes. next like twenty years of their lives. I don't need any of that. I just the, the fact that they're together and they're going to give it a shot is fine. That's more than enough for me. Yeah, especially because they wrapped that part up well enough, right? It's not like that ended with ambiguity. It's like, ask me yeah. that question again, and then she doesn't give an answer, and it ends there. <laughs> that would have been terrible. It ends um, Sopranos style, where it just cuts yeah, to black. Exactly. <laughs> but, like, we got a great ending, and then they were just like, I guess, a couple extra minutes, huh? And well, then, that and but, Brian, and then, I'd like your take on this, too, obviously. But just one more thing for me is that I don't think – like, I think what we all loved about this movie is that it, it, it isn't um, – it is. It does have subtlety. It doesn't hit you over the head sometimes right. with some of the points that it's trying to make. Like you, and this ending to me was just like, all right, we get it. They're in love. Okay, they're having a kid. Like there were so many things that like for the entirety of the movie, it was pretty subtle. And then at the very end, they wanted you to just really hammer home. Hey, by the way, just so we're all clear, they love each other. It was. <laughs> it was like, okay, I get it. it was, I get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah. have sex at least one more time. Look. <laughs> yeah, I. I, I think that might be a symptom of Richard Curtis. Like, I, because I, again, like, it's been a while since I've seen some of his other works, but I feel like his, the, the other movies he's done also end very similarly, where you're like, uh, you could have ended this like, like a scene and a half ago and it would have been perfect. You didn't like need to like tie a bow on the whole thing. Like, because I kind of re vaguely re recall like feeling the same way about yesterday and about, and about time and and love actually like yeah, where yeah, yeah. there's always like a, a big emotional like crescendo and you're like okay like like everything feels great right now and then it's like okay like here's 90 more seconds for no reason other than like we need to like tie everything together or like make sure that y everyone who went to see this movie knows exactly how it's going to play out. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just so literal. I was like, all right, if we got this far, let me, let's, what, is the, is it a boy or a girl that she has? You know what I mean? Like, let's really, <laughs> yeah. let's really get yeah. into the nuts and bolts of it. Yeah. He dies first and she's standing over his grave, oh. you know, <laughs> just really goes all the way. I will say, look, given the option, right? Like I'll, I'll take the extra 90 seconds to two minutes. You know, as opposed to like a Judd Apatow who needs to cut twenty minutes out of every movie. By but the way, like, it, it wouldn't be a podcast uh, episode of ours without us slamming Judd Apatow for uh, his movies being too long. Look, I will say the man made one of my favorite films of all time, and that is Heavyweights. But literally everything after that could have could have used a bit of a trim. But, and I, I, yeah. I think we all like his movies. It's not a question of whether. Yeah, I mean, no. most of them are really good, but they're. He's got a little bit of that Scorsese thing, where it's just yeah. Someone tell that guy no, just a little bit. Yeah, so. yeah. A, a little trim. I mean, uh, but yeah, the um, I, I, it is. It's just wild. I mean, really, if they, I was thinking it would be funny too if they, like, they panned out and it's another bench that's dedicated. It's in the same dedication, like to to oh. William Thackman by the person who used to sit next to him all the time. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god! Yeah, if it fast forwarded to like two thousand and. 
15 or whatever and yeah. he's dead and yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's another couple that's sitting on it and it's just like wait a minute yeah. are we just redoing this movie again or what what, what happened yeah uh, it's the worst although, although, crossover of all time yeah. that would probably be a very british ending you know like to end with yeah <laughs> yes, yes it's true. true everything's good except just to be clear uh they do die at the end uh, <laughs> um all right so now that comes back to us i believe for a fourth yes. uh like yes sir uh are we I have think to you scott yes we have talked a lot about apartments uh in this uh move in this uh podcast and and one of my beefs with these movies is how nice how like unbelievably nice i should say uh, some of these uh, places are. And admittedly, like, yeah, how much money does this guy make by running a bookstore? But on the other hand, he has a roommate, okay? Mm. And yep. the apartment is generally cluttered or dirty or non-spacious the entire time. I mean, the fact that he has stairs, at the very least, it's not just an apartment. It seems like it's a full, like a, I don't know, what would that be called? Like a townhouse? Yeah, a townhouse, thank you. Um, and so I actually really liked how... Uh, real his scenario felt like they 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 made jokes about the fact that it's ridiculous uh, that he runs a travel bookstore. Uh, they acknowledge the fact that his life is kind of in shambles and he doesn't really have a lot of money. And the fact that uh, he lives with somebody who he would choose not to live with uh, were his life going better. So I kind of liked all of those things. Again, in the idea that all of this is very grounded. It's very real. Like it didn't it didn't feel that crazy that he had. I mean, again, to use a comparison from the last episode, where like in 13 Going on 30, um, Jenna Rink has a personal chauffeur as a magazine editor. Mind you, a magazine that is failing. I We should have said this last episode, but like if they really wanted to save money, how about cut down on the, the chauffeur budget? You know what I mean? Like right off the bat, cut fire those people. She doesn't need to have a personal chauffeur in Manhattan of all places. But yeah, I don't know. That's I thought the, I thought the living arrangement uh, was was pretty uh, was pretty accurate to me. Mm hmm. Yeah, hey, uh, nothing to add because yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, good, good set design. Like, um, and also with the friends' apartment too. Um, uh, I thought yeah, you know, everyone like was within their means. It seemed like yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, and e even if they had, even if Spike had cleaned up the apartment, it still wouldn't have felt that large. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah, and like as an example, like in that little uh, corridor near the uh, the entrance, there was that cut out of like I think a a Hawaiian hula dancer. So there was some dancer yeah. that was cut out, and like again, I just think that's just to me was part of the messiness of it. It wasn't just the fact that like he couldn't find his glasses the one time. Like there was mm -hmm. just a general disarray. Even the windows. I remember there was one scene where yeah. I was looking at the it, windows were kind of dirty. Like. It, it, it felt like where he should be living, frankly. Yeah, it's uh, two single guys who live together. Yeah. Exactly, yep. yeah. Yep. Um, which, I mean, I, I think w when we get to the quick hitters, I got to get back to... Um, how do you pronounce his roommates, the actor's Reese. name? Reese Ifans. Reese Ifans. Okay, yep. I will get uh, to him later. All right. Uh, fifth and final uh, dislike to you. Okay. Why? I was waiting for it the whole time. Why... Did we have an opening voiceover? Yes. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. It never came back. I expected it. And if that 90 seconds was the was him doing voiceover, then maybe. But like great point. It never showed up again. I honestly we didn't need it. He easily could have like there were some natural places for some of that exposition to come across. Like, you know, when she asked how far in yards, which was a weird thing to ask. Yeah. But like <laughs> <laughs> Why did she ask that? I don't know. Like, it, yeah, it's that she was like, I was like, what? Um, were you measuring in half football fields? I don't understand. Um, uh, how many how first many, downs? Yeah, until I, I get was to just going to say that. I couldn't get it out fast enough. <laughs> yeah. So, like, but in that moment, he could have been like, yeah, I live, it's right, you know, whatever it is. I walk through this every day. But, like, there, there were moments where that exposition could have landed. And they did a wonderful job of setting up that she's incredibly famous and clearly he's not. That that opening VO was so wildly unnecessary and never mm. paid off. Great point. Yes. Yeah. Um, Scott, I swear I wrote that exact thing down uh, as one of my dislikes before emailing you, and then I erased it for something else. <laughs> <laughs> so so that is I I was on the same page where I, like yeah like you said it doesn't come back. And nope. the rest of the movie does so, so like does such a does a, such a good job of 
uh, showing, not telling. Yes. Except that very beginning where it just tells you everything. Um, I feel like they could have tried to present that information, like all the stuff about him being divorced and all that kind of stuff. They probably could have done that in context of the movie. They didn't need him. Oh, they definitely could have. They definitely could have because the movie was so heavily uh, conversational. You know, there's so many yeah. scenes where they're all talking. That, that you know, that comes up that way. I think. Yeah. They, well, they again, had like, a sad sack party, right? Yes. Like one of his friends yeah, could have exactly. been like, I mean, old divorce floppy over here. Right. Exactly. Right. Boom. There it is. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Like, like I think about how they dealt with um with his friend in the wheelchair. Yeah. And they did. They dealt with that so subtly and so well. It was really um, And they could have done that same thing with, I think, yeah, that whole intro. But yeah, for some reason, like, and again, like, I think this goes, it ties in with the, with the, your problem with the ending. I think they're kind of like similar problems where like, it's almost as if like they didn't trust the audience enough in either yes. part, like either the beginning or the end, where I was like, no, we need to like actually spoon feed it to them. Yes, but then in the middle, have. they're like, masterful you know yeah. cinematic storytelling so. so true they're like for two and a half minutes we need them to know exactly <laughs> what is about to happen and what happens after yeah. but then for the rest of this one hour and 57 and a half minutes they'll be fine yeah no exposition needed anywhere other than at the very beginning and the very end yeah yep. <laughs> uh no that's a great point um all right so that uh, you Ed, we're gonna get to our final like, but Dennis, just so you know, I mean, you, I mean, listen, you know this. I don't know why I need to tell you this, but uh, obviously, you get to dip your toe into the likes as well uh, when we are done here. If you have any uh, rapid fires you want to get out there, but Brian, take us home on yes, the final absolutely. like. What well, do you got? well, I was gonna ask you, do you have like a really good like that you want to share? I mean, because we're obviously at two and two here, so if you have one more, uh, yeah, I mean, you can I'll, take it. I'll do. I mean, wait, here, what, let's hear. Listen, rules are meant to be broken, right? Here, you do one, and I'll do one, and then Dennis okay. will do one, and we'll, well you know what? So we'll make this a twelve yeah. things I like. I hate about you. A bonus of bonus <laughs> episodes. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, okay, I'll I'll do a quick one then. Um, so, I just wanted to point out the scene where the seasons change um, as Hugh Grant is like walking through the the market and the street. Yeah. I just thought that was like such mm -hmm. brilliant cinematic storytelling. Just the way they shot it, the way it's presented. Um, yeah, in and again, like these the movies that we do, they're not like the height of you know, quote unquote cinema, but every so often you get one of these movies where they do something interesting. It's also kind of funny because then as you brought up like the random jib shot that they that they include. Yeah. So it so yeah, so like it's almost as if like they like were going for maximum style. Yeah. And sometimes they landed on this, the, this particular scene and sometimes they land on the scene on the bench. And here I think is a is an example of like where I think yeah this this was a really, really well done piece of storytelling from a craft level. So I thought so too. And and the move, because it start the first thing that changes is it starts raining. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess it rains a lot in London. So I suppose I buy this. And then it kept going and I was like, oh, I see what they're doing. And this is so yeah. this is so yeah. Also, yeah. is this an all weather suit jacket he's wearing? Because he didn't <laughs> ever put on a heavier coat. But otherwise I loved it. Yep. I would add, uh, and this is typically a Brian thing, but I thought the music was good in this movie. Uh, and I thought the way they, the, the rant, like, for instance, like, um, Bill Withers' Ain't No Sunshine. Yeah, that's uh, the song in that scene. Yeah. yeah, that was a great, I mean, that's just a good song, and that just, I thought, worked well. Um, uh, Blue Moon, uh, Give Me Some Lovin', like, there was just good music in this movie, and I thought, I, I just enjoyed uh, that it sort of crossed over a couple of different uh, genres. It wasn't all, mm -hmm. like, some of the movies we listened, like, I think you and I both, I don't know if it's you and I, you definitely liked Brian uh, in 10 Things I Hate About You, the music in that, because it was sort of, wasn't that like that punky, like, uh, who? Yeah, was, it's like the early 90s, yeah, like uh, like Riot Girl type soundtrack. Who yeah. was the band that was on the top? Was that Good Charlotte? Uh, or? Save Ferris. Save Ferris, yeah, Good Charlotte, that was close. Um, <laughs> the... <laughs> 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 it was uh, less than Jake and uh, slightly better than Ezra. Yeah, mighty uh, mighty boss tones, I think, yeah. and real big fish, if I remember correctly. That yeah. is, by the way, a great Norm Macdonald bit from uh, from what from uh, what was the Saturday Night Live where he did uh, like something something to the effect of like uh, the, less than Jake was the or better than Jake was the um, 
the number one song, and then who beat it? Jake or something like Jake. that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it might it might have been about Ezra, but whatever. The point yeah. is, you get the idea yeah. of the joke. Obviously, yeah, yeah. he told it better than I just did. Um, but yeah, I like the music, and I also as a um, as another small. I, this was a like, but just a question for you guys. So, was this the first time that anyone had made that? Uh, do you know they played with the big feet, uh, big shoes joke? Uh, was that the first time that had ever been done? Because they both, they, I mean, it seems now it's such a corny joke. Like, you know what they say about people with big feet, big shoes or big socks. But like, w was this in that movie? Was that one of the first times that joke had ever been done? Hmm. I, I mean, I'm going to say there's no way. Right? No, but like, like then, but then why would they do but, it though? It's such a corny. Oh, I, but I think that's why I think it was this moment of like, you know, he's, he's so we'll say nervous for lack of a better term. Right. And he's, and at that point too, he's like pretty shell shocked from what he's been through with her. So I, my guess is like, he's trying to keep his guard up a little bit and isn't sure if that's the way that like, that's where she's going with it. Um, so I thought that kind of was like, Oh, it's adds a little bit more to, to the charm. But yeah, I mean, he definitely knew what she was insinuating. Yeah. And I thought it was just funny because I'm thinking to myself, all right. I mean, this is like, this is almost too corny. Because again, most yeah. of the jokes were really razor sharp. And that one, I, yeah. I didn't quite, I was wondering if they were thinking like, oh no, this is the first time this has been done. <laughs> you know, we're, we're the first ones <laughs> subverting your expectations with the big shoes joke. Uh, I think it's also something to like him wanting her to be the one who said it. Yeah, right? true. Like, yeah. At, at no mm. moment does he ever come off crass. So he's like him kind of pitching it back to her and like seeing where she's going to take it. I think really worked um, without like ever changing mm. his, his personality here. And I would add as a final, just quick hitter is that I, it, this is kind of like what we said before, but I thought that the, the power dynamics in this movie were very interesting between the two of them. Mm. Like, you know, when one person was sort of above the other and vice versa and how they played with uh, each of their motivations for wanting to do this, pulling back, not pulling back the whole thing. I thought that was really, um, I thought that was really well done. So I, I just, mm. yeah. I, and, and again, in the groundedness of it. it, it every time they, they each did something, it, it made sense. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's, uh, what do you have on the other side, Dennis? Do you have any that you didn't get to on your? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, we should say this out loud. I mean, the two of them are incredible. Yes. Yeah. We are at peak, peak Hugh Grant charming. Oh, yeah. Um, and this is right after four weeks at a funeral. And he is, I mean, may never get better than this. He doesn't get worse, but oh my gosh, he is peak charming here um i did love i was like is this a bizarre universe of julia roberts with her here america's sweethearts and oceans 12 where <laughs> she's playing an actress or at some point or another um which i just kind of just kind of made me giggle um and i know scott you'll get to it in a minute um but i thought reese was incredible like god he was so funny um the whole time didn't do uh, subtle very well, which I appreciated. Um, and uh, I thought Alec Baldwin was probably the best cameo. Yes, um, he was very It good. was perfect. Yeah. Like, it was a perfect moment. Like, that guy is a douche. He shows up and he is a <laughs> top douche level. Uh, we only had him for the one scene, which I also thought was great. Because um, he just kind of, like, came in, hit, and quit. Yep. Uh, so I really enjoyed that a lot. And um, I think getting back to Reese for a second, I love that Spike knows that she's in the apartment and that still doesn't force him to clean up. So that man just is who he is <laughs> yes. uh, through and through to his core. So those are my big ones. I'll let you know if, I, if anything else pops up. But yeah, I, I have a couple of quick dislikes, Brian, before, and I want to hear yours too. I'm sure you've got a few. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I'm saying I'm sure I'm looking at them on my computer screen. So uh, the curtain is now removed, folks. Uh, the the fir first thing is, boy, was that a lot of orange juice that he was carrying uh, in the beginning of that movie. <laughs> Good yeah. lord! I mean, like it got all over both of their shirts of entirely. Them, yeah. <laughs> it looked like they had added OJ residue in, you know, after that shot. Yeah. I mean, what what did, what did his his other employee want? An entire gallon of orange juice? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, <laughs> and he's walking around with like a cartoonishly large jug of OJ. Uh, so that was one dislike. Uh, another one was 
uh, I my my Reese Ifans thing. What first of all, I'll let I know Brian has a dislike that connects to him, so I'll, I'll leave that to him. But uh, his dress, and I realize it was funny, but some of the shirts that he was wearing that were not supposed to be funny were he was just so strangely dressed. It looked like he was wearing women's <laughs> pants and women's shirts the, the entire time. movie. Right? Am I the entire time? Yeah. Was that on purpose or is that just the style? I mean, I've given that nobody else in that movie is dressed that way. I'm assuming it was very much on purpose. He was, and I will say yeah. the one thing, and Brian, maybe this is yours, and if so, I'll, I'll tee it up. But like, I didn't realize that he's an artist until that last moment in the restaurant. Oh, yeah, me neither. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, so maybe yeah, that yeah. was like what they were trying to do with his clothing. Oh, uh, yeah. But, like, yeah, he's like the weirdo artist who, yeah. yeah like geniuses right. live in a mess kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you're right there. But yeah, the movie doesn't really give you any clues as to that's where they were going with. That he yeah. has any talents whatsoever. Yeah. yeah, right. My final two ones are also just, I would say quickly, wh why did we need the friend that was the failed restaurateur? What was the point of that exactly? Like, they they they've established this world of friends, right? Like, why did we need one more friend at the end? They could have just done yeah. all of those things at the house that they kept having dinner at. Like, why did we need to have one more friend? Yeah, I mean, aside from giving us a new back, like a new setting, yeah, like, new, new we, we location, lost, yeah, yeah, we definitely could have lost that that person for sure. I I, yeah. I I also expected that date that seemed like it ended well for her to come back, and she never did. Um, Agreed. Oh, you're talking about uh, Emily Mortimer? Yes, that's yes. who that was. That's right. Yes. yes. Right? Well, were you we expecting he said, her to come back? I thought she was yeah, going to come he's, back. Yeah, because he says to her, she asks him when, she, when, when Julie Roberts comes back, she asks him like about his love life. And I was like, okay, here we go. He's going to have to talk about Emily. And he was like, there's no interesting answer. I'm like, oh, so it, it, didn't, it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, I, I guess it. nothing okay. happened here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And lastly for me was this one – I get again, I'm pulling out one line of dialogue, but it was at a pivotal point in the movie um, when uh, he goes to the set of the movie and she's dressed up in character and she says to him – I wrote this down and I thought this was – for a movie that has incredible dialogue, this was the weirdest, most robotic thing for her to say. She goes, if you could wait, there are things to say. I was like, mm, mm, uh, yeah, did, did a, did a, did that, did Siri write that for you? I mean, that is, that feels <laughs> so robotic. Like, if you could wait for me, I have things to say to you. Like, it just felt completely insane. And yes, I just did that so that I could do my robot voice. But I liked uh, it. Top 10, top yeah, 10 robot oh, voices I've heard today. Nothing I like more than a good robot joke. Uh, <laughs> Brian knows that. Anyone who knows me well knows that you do a little robot humor and I am in. Basically, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Brian, like, what you don't like, know is Scott's early stand-up was only robot, robot voices. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, basically yeah. if a robot did. It was yeah. tough. What is yeah. the deal with homework? Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't like Bender from Futurama. No, it was very much like, you guys it, ever it, seen Johnny Five? Yeah. Or um, it's uh, JP from uh, Grandma's Boy. Yes, know? exactly. Oh, that, yes. That yes. is one of my favorite characters of all time. But imagine that guy doing like, you're not working on your home. You know, like you're still doing like <laughs> sticky Seinfeld stuff as a robot. Yep. Uh, uh, all right. Anyway. Close to the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite line of that old movie. Yeah. Uh, my, my favorite might be when, uh, when he's like, um, when he asks his employee, like, do you like techno? And he's like, not really. And he's like, you would if you were a robot. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess I would. I guess I would. <laughs> that movie, that, I mean, just to put a little insight into the Brian U. Scott Spinelli uh, friendship, Brian uh, loaned me that movie. I still have not returned it to him, I believe, his DVD copy of Grandma's Boy. Uh, but... <laughs> That movie is one of, I think, the most slept on movies that exists. I think, I don't, Agreed. right? I mean, it's just, it's so well, funny. Yes, but to be fair, you need to watch it like between like a very specific age range. Yeah, that's you know? probably like, fair. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you watch it too early or too late, like there's, like, I don't think that movie will hit. <laughs> so, but there are, I mean, there are some great lines in that movie. Anyway. Yes. Um, the uh, all right, Brian. You have any any uh, dislikes? Uh, to throw yeah, our some way? yeah. I'll do some quick hitters here. Um, I thought the spike and honey romance at the end was really tacked on, right? Oh, that like amen. came out amen. nowhere, That's right? True. Like yeah, yeah. Like there's no tease to it. Like I guess they tease it a little bit because he shows up with her, but it that's like in the last act of the movie, so it's like 
Yeah, they they pushed us more towards Honey and Bernie. That's what I thought is, too. Yeah, which is yeah. what I was expecting. So uh -huh. yeah, yeah. So very very weird. It's almost as if like there was like a crucial scene that was cut like yeah. early, you know, in the early scene where they like kind of set that up. But yeah, like we definitely um, can't use voiceover to tell everybody what's going on. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just imagining like a voiceover. Like I just got back from Spike and Honey's date or yeah. something. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. yeah, like a double date. Yeah. Um, the other one, uh, so like in in like reading about this movie, so I I'm not familiar with London at all, um, but apparently I guess in real life Notting Hill is a very Afro Caribbean neighborhood, so I guess like like the analog would be like if you made a movie that was set in Harlem or called Harlem but starred. <laughs> people well, with the yeah, shade. Yeah, well of... like the movie if the movie Harlem Nights instead of being with Eddie Murphy and uh yeah. Richard Pryor was with like Steve Martin and John Candy, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, <laughs> right. So, I guess like yeah, again, like I'm not super familiar with Notting Hill, but I guess that is like a weirdness for people who are familiar with Notting Hill to watch this movie and it's like, okay, well, all right, uh, there's like a, a very particular uh uh, people who are missing from it to so. go to go a little behind the curtain here this is i think what i referenced earlier when so brian sent me his likes and dislikes so that i could know which ones he was probably gonna do so we didn't really double up and his yeah. third hate was notting hill in real life is apparently very afro-caribbean and i it mistakenly read that fast to say that that is what he hates about it meaning he wishes it was whiter <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> i was like wait a minute what since oh, when no. does you being like a, a bigot have anything to do with uh, this movie at all and then I obviously uh -oh. thought about oh, it for a no. second I was like no that is not what he meant at all saving <laughs> it for the bonus yep. Brian. wow yep. he really unloads at the end Brian the universe yep. is a little bit darker <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this podcast will only be able to be listened to in the time zone you're in at night that's right um, alright Brian any others uh, no that's about it I mean my last one was like it's more philosophical where like do you guys feel this way where like like I'm pretty clear as to why Anna likes Will, um, but I feel like it's not entirely like I'm a little bit confused about why Will likes Anna beyond the fact that she's a movie star and well, looks but like why a movie do you, star. I you I, I I was hoping you'd bring this up. Yeah, my question back to you would be, why do you understand why Anna likes Will? Because I was wondering that this I think both of them were. It's just, you know, the sort of the, you know, to borrow a yeah. phrase from Sweet Home Alabama, uh, Alabama, they were struck by lightning. You know, they were just like, <laughs> yeah. the, both of them seemed like they were just sort of taken with the other and they yeah. didn't really have any real reason for it. I guess, I guess for me, like the, I get and like why Anna would be into Will in the sense that like, you know, they established that she's sucked into the celebrity lifestyle. She hasn't been like a real person in a while. Like, so you know, he's introducing her to this, like, slower life that is obviously appealing. Like, he has this nice circle of friends, and she has this normal, like, it's like a peek into, like, a normal life. And and I sort of get why she would be into doing that, like, once in a while over the course of, you know, like, this movie, I think, takes place over the course of, like, a couple of years, right? So um, I kind of get, like, why she would want to, like, weave in and out of that. Um so I feel like that makes sense to me, where like the the appeal of like that smaller, like you know, uh, um, slower life. Yeah, but that's just um, the reverse of him liking her because she's a movie star. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I guess yeah. I just like I I don't know. Maybe I just wanted a little bit more. Um, it's like me projecting onto the movie, like it's, you know what the. Um, but basically, um, Dennis. By the way, what Brian's trying to say is that if he ran into a movie star, he would not be into her just for her looks. He's no, better. God, he, he's better than no, the rest I, of us. Shallow. Yeah, yeah, of course. He, right? he doesn't even. Frankly, he doesn't even have eyes. He he's not even no. aware of what looks are. He doesn't even know Ugh. what they are. Yeah. Heaven forbid. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think. I don't know. I think it starts as that, you know, obviously she's a stunning movie star and he's captivated by her. But I think, you know, it it just kind of keeps going. And I also, you know, for what I gathered, like he truly gets to know who she is, which is kind of like cool I, in that mm -hmm. in that like in the beginning, it's just like, oh, my God, I, this person. Right. Like she kissed me in my home. She does not know what my name is. I can't believe she came into my home. And then just the fact that she wants to see him again. And then I think it actually starts to genuinely go somewhere from there. Um, so I think for him, it's probably just like that idea of literally, this is a 
not just a celebrity, but one of the celebrities at the time. And then he figures out that she's, you know, an actual real person. Um, I, I liked, and I know I mentioned this a little bit before about, um, you know, her looks. I just think that she really worked as far as the right level of gorgeous and stunning and beautiful because if, if it was someone like, and, and, and I think it works in the sense that he has to be good looking too for this. What yes. I'm about to say, which is that in like I, I think of like the other option was like that Seth Rogen movie with Charlize Theron. I, I couldn't look it up fast yeah. enough. What's that uh, movie? Um, yeah, Long Shot. Yeah, Long yeah. Shot. Like th there is so it's so and actually, frankly, the other movie he did with uh, Catherine Heigl. Like it's <laughs> so yeah. heavily reliant upon the fact that like this man is a goofball. Like yeah. and this woman is crazily good looking. You know what I mean? Like like just like ridiculously yeah. out of his league and. I, I was glad that this movie didn't really like she's out of his league in terms of the fact that she's a international superstar, but she's not out of his league outside of that. It doesn't feel like. Yeah. And it that to me helped with this because I was I was glad to not say like another schlubby dude with this crazily good looking woman and from the outside looking in being like, what what is this? Why? You know, like why it, it in this? It's like, yeah, I, I'm kind of attracted to Hugh Grant. I get it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, look, as a one-time schlubbly looking dude, I don't need that kind of false hope anymore either, right? Like, <laughs> I've on. had that to, for decades. To be clear, did, did you say a long time or a one-time? Uh, I, uh, both. I was gonna say, both, let's, both this, for those of this is a, not a yeah, this is not a video podcast, but I can assure you, folks, on the other end of this, it is not one time; it is long time that he meant to say. Um, <laughs> Damn, skipping. Yeah. Um, that being said, that being said, tiny hat, big jokes available on YouTube. <laughs> that's right. Please go enjoy. Um, uh, I had two other quick things if i if i may yeah go um, for it yeah one um was that i really enjoyed that they kind of uh they kind of listened or expected what the audience would say and i mean that like kind of a very specific moment when he is telling his friends about how how she came by and he turned her down he says he you know recounts the speech and then goes i mean she's an actress so i suppose she could deliver a line and <laughs> and i enjoyed that a lot because <laughs> i think that's part of just to kind of you know pull back the curtain of, of not just this movie but like celebrity and everything you know whatever you see like celebrity apologies and things like that and people like they're so genuine it's like right but their profession is to play pretend yeah so yeah, yeah. and to make you feel things so mm -hmm. i liked that they called that out and that he recognized that um also just, you know, wants to give her credit again. That whole speech and that whole scene, the fact that she's on the edge of tears the whole time, but doesn't really ever start like bawling or having mm. like tears crying the whole time is so, from like a, a talent and acting perspective, so incredibly talented. And I thought really, really well done. Agreed. And then my last thing, which I think is kind of what we touched on a little bit earlier, but like what I was saying, I was keenly aware of, of the time frame. Because I, I love that it, that they did it then, obviously, because you couldn't do that movie now because of smartphones and TMZ mm. and things like that, right? Like this would have gotten out so much faster. The um, the paparazzi, I mean, the British paparazzi are terrible, but like the paparazzi would have been everywhere or somebody would have taken a picture of her at the Ritz or mm -hmm. somebody would have tweeted when she was at the movie theater or anything like that, like the press would have found her very quickly. Um, and I think the whole thing would have just gone off the rails differently. So that was the only thing that I was very much aware of. Mm -hmm. This feels like what it would have been like at this time period, but not what this whole experience would be like now. Agreed. Yeah. I, yep. uh, it, 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 I, as, as Brian has said to many of my uh, points, nothing to add. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I think the way we do this, boys, is uh, let's play. Both of you guys get to play the games. How does that sound? Ooh, a little duel. Interesting. Okay. Ooh, I like this twist. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna start with the budget, as we uh, as we always do. Uh, the budget was forty two million. The movie came out as a reminder in May of nineteen ninety nine. Actually, um, in the UK and the US, it was uh, released in May. So this is a May movie, nineteen ninety nine, forty two million dollar budget. We'll start with our guest, uh, and I will not answer until both of you have uh, submitted. Uh, Dennis, what do you have as the box office? We go on prices right rules here, Scott. How do you want to do this? Yeah, I think we'll do prices right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. You said. A forty-two million. That is correct. Um, I will say, ah, oh, golly, I'll go three hundred and fifteen. 
315. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go 280 for this one. Okay. So interestingly, yeah. technically, we're, Dennis we're wins. We're both over. But you were both, I would say, way off. The total, $363.9 wow. million. Dollars. Yes. Yeah. Holy crap, this made a lot of money. Yes. <laughs> so much money. Yeah. <laughs> so Holy much crap. Money. I mean, I guess so, where I think maybe this is, I, I am, I normally have no commentary on this part of it, but I, I, my, my best guess is that the reason why is because you internationally, it does have a star that it pulls from. It's not, it's not yeah, just, all, it's not just one yeah. American star, you know, yeah. trying to do, to conquer the whole world. It's both it, it, the U S and the UK both, I would think could go nuts for this for uh, uh, obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, also fun fact, I um, came across this like while I was uh, looking at, um, uh, reviews of it. Um, I, apparently, this opened the same weekend as the Phantom Menace, which is <laughs> really funny to think about. <laughs> I, the Phantom Menace was the one with uh, Billy um, Billy Zane, right? Or no, 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 no. He did. Yes. What was that one where he dressed up the in purple? Phantom. The Phantom. <laughs> I think I think we should just end it there. <laughs> why? Why even go on? Why even continue? <laughs> I remember that movie though. You remember that was a fun one. Yeah, it's a great movie. The Phantom, and then of course its sequel, The Phantom Menace. Of course, The Phantom Menace. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was the Phantom and Dennis and Dennis crossover. The world didn't know what they wanted. I wish, I wish we had paused because, like, you could have given me eight thousand guesses of what Billy Z movie you were talking about. Oh, and yeah, I don't know. I you... I don't know if I would have gotten to this. really. Yeah, he's in this purple. He's a yeah. yeah. Oh my the, god. The oh my mask. god. Oh, the Phantom. Oh, that is why uh, Dennis is a good friend, right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's play the Rotten Tomatoes game, boys. Same rules as before. You're both gonna guess. Let's start with the critics. What say you, Dennis? Um. I think even those heartless bastards love this movie. <laughs> so I'll give it an 88. Okay, 88. And uh, Brian, Ooh. what do you say? So, yeah, so I think I'm on the same page. Because I also think this is a good movie, like, you yeah. know, from a like a craft standpoint. So I think sitting there, like, you know, you're watching this as, like, one of 700 movies you're watching over the year. I, I think it's enjoyable. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go. I was going to go with 86 on this one. Okay. Hold on, Scott, before you say anything. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. If it is over 90, my theory is because there are movie critics critics portrayed in this film Ooh. and not in a negative light. So, Ooh, interesting. Great That's point. That's a really good point. Uh, unfortunately, both of you were over. Uh, oh, okay. I'm sad to say uh, that you were both okay. over. It is still uh, certified fresh, but it's 83%. Okay. Ah, overshot um, it just a tiny bit. Not terrible. Not terrible. Okay. Do you want to guess what the audience had, either of you? I'll stick with the 88 on the audience. Okay. And uh, uh, Brian? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go higher on the audience, actually. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go 90 for audience. So the fun thing is that you guys both got progressively more wrong. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> it was 70, <laughs> 79%, actually, which really shocks me that wow. this movie was somehow... the. Huh. When do the critics ever like a rom-com more than the audience? That never happens, right? No. I, I, huh. Yeah, that that one really surprised me. I I because I, 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 I came away from this when I, I immediately went to go check out what it was after I was done, and I was like, I, I'm sorry, I hate some of these movies, but this one feels like yeah. it's a legitimately good movie, and I was kind of disappointed that more people didn't agree with me. I know it's only four percent off, but um, yeah, yeah, like like I, it always says like here you might also like, and like Jerry Maguire basically is the exact same rankings. It's like how did only seventy nine percent of people like Jerry Maguire? How could that be? Who doesn't Look, like that the, movie? I mean, the go-to for me is that uh, Bad Boys Two. I think is under thirty percent. It is <laughs> from like I think not from fans but from critics. Yeah, check it out. I'm check out at... the Bad Boys Two on the Tomato. I mean, I mean, does we could spin this off into a whole other podcast? I'm just, I'm like, just let you know, that's the one like, all the time. That's really funny that that's the one you go to <laughs> every time. <laughs> Wait, Bad Boys. Which one is it? Bad. Is two. It, oh, two. Okay, because there's which? Yeah, like the superior like, Bad Boys. Yeah. Oh my god, that's really funny. Bad Boys <laughs> Two gets. Let's see. It's open. Oh, oh wow. Oh my god, you're right. Twenty three percent. Holy uh -huh. lord. Uh huh. That movie's incredible. So yeah. 
I uh, I actually like that movie. Yeah. Yeah, because it's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Who's that though? The critics' consensus here is two and a half hours of explosions and witless banter. You know what? Please, Get banter. Sign me up. Yeah, honestly, this is also the banter is very witty. Yeah, I mean that scene when the kid comes to the door. Um, oh, with God. Rajit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. I mean that's that's the peak of comedy. It's um, incredible. That actually also, would be a good scene played out in a robot voice uh, as a side oh, note. There it is. <laughs> uh, kudos to you two gentlemen for picking uh, two Julia Roberts films in this season mm, mm. and also two films that featured a bookstore. Yes. Yeah. Nicely yeah. done. Yes. A lot of bookstores. Um, I, this is one of my favorite parts of the episode always. Brian, do you have a letterbox review? Oh, yes, I do. Um, and uh, it's actually a re uh, like a repeat reviewer. Um, this is from Dirk oh. again. Dirk is bad. Wait, <laughs> we may have to start licensing Dirk's content. I know. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. Um, all right, so the, the review goes, a onesie movie. You don't really want to be caught in one, but once you're in it, they're so bloody comfortable. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's kind a, of good a point. definition of a onesie movie. Yeah, because in <laughs> fairness, this is the kind of movie that I was not. Okay, so to, to, for anybody that's still listening, first of all, find something else to do. But secondly, um, thanks, mom. Yeah, <laughs> I so we were going back and forth about which movie we wanted to pick, and yeah. I, I think in general, the more popular the movie, the uh, the more people might want to listen to it. But this was one of those movies that I thought this is just going to be much like uh, my best friend's wedding. I thought this is going to be one of these like really irritating rom coms that is I just I missed the window, and now I'm watching it way after the fact, mm. and I'm going to hate it. And I loved it. Yeah, I, I really loved it. I'm glad we did loved. this one. Yeah. Um, it's not available to stream anywhere. I paid a good $4, and that's well spent. Mm. Ah, me too, and I felt the same way. Yeah, no <laughs> comment on how exactly I procured uh, <laughs> streaming rights for it. Uh, we will leave that at that. That'll be in the Patreon. We'll describe how to do that. There you go. Um, all right, so before we uh, head off for the final time this season, uh, Dennis, do you have anything you'd like to throw out there? And uh, Brian, uh, you as well. Once again, thank you, gentlemen, so much for having me on for uh, the literally over 20 hours of entertainment that you have <laughs> provided me and everybody who listens and hasn't and should. Um, and yeah, if you're looking for another hour to spend, please check out uh, my special on YouTube, Tiny Hat Big Jokes. And Brian, how about you? What do you got before we sign yeah. off? Yeah, Dennis, uh, it was a pleasure having you on. This is a lot of fun. Uh, and I really appreciate all of your uh, tireless social media work uh, <laughs> to help us promote this. <laughs> to, to... You do. You honestly do more to promote it than I do. Um, and I don't think it's even close. Yeah, it, is, so... it, is, it is not close. And Brian and I will have a talk about that uh, when, our <laughs> when our contracts are up for renegotiation for season three. Yeah, I'm gonna, there you go. Yeah, I'm gonna need to it. He's gonna need to start TikToking more, Snapgramming the whole bit. I mean, we're gonna need That's a right. little bit more. Brian, get ready on your dances there, bud. All right, <laughs> oh, start, God, yeah. start limbering up now. <laughs> I honestly wouldn't even know what to do if you said for me to TikTok this as a promotion. I wouldn't even know. I'm not even being funny. I'm not trying not trying to be like, oh, like, oh, it's called the Facebook, right? Like, I really don't know what how that would work for this. But at any rate, for the final time, uh, this actual season, and this is for real, there will be no more Demontises or Arvidases. This is the final episode of the season. We will come back at some point, like I joked last time, uh, before the next Winter Olympics. But for Dennis Jacobs, for Brian Yu, I am Scott Spinelli. Thank you so much for listening to the season. Remember, these movies are not going anywhere. Catch all the ones that are in the backlog, and we will catch you for season three. Mm -hmm.